0: Everybody to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional betters share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the sports picks packages from long term winning betters. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter at PredictorHQ. On today's episode, we've got Derek from Hoops Insider. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at 1NBA Insider. That's Insider without the E uh once again on twitter at one nba insider without the e on insider so derek welcome to the show we've uh, we've come full circle now i remember you were my first guest here on the sports predictor podcast so uh what's been new since then
1: hey y'all, how's it going nice right. to uh talk to you again sure um, not much uh, new since the last time we spoke. Of course, the summer for me is a little bit quieter given it's WNBA season and not uh, full-throttle NBA. However, I was pretty busy with uh, WNBA, finished that up since the last time we talked. And uh, now that that's done, I've been kind of uh, laying a bit low, kind of taking a break, clearing the head. Of course, it's, uh, it can be a grind, this business. So just been kind of getting ready for uh, the upcoming season. Uh, we're uh, right in the middle of preseason right now only a few days away from nba regular season so doing a lot of research uh, watching a lot of the preseason games uh, reading a lot and uh, just getting a good handle on the league given uh, so many changes
0: yeah true so now for nba opening night are you going to have like a big blowout party or is it just you hanging out watching the games all by yourself
1: Oh, hanging out watching all by myself. <laughs> I'm a loner. No, just joking. But uh, yeah, no, I'll definitely be watching, uh, watching the games on my big screen. And uh, it's one of the best days of the year for me. love
0: Absolutely. it. So um, I, you know, obviously, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. Uh, I see you on there doing pretty well. But uh, I guess, you know, just uh, let the folks know how uh, WNBA ended up for you.
1: Yeah, it went really well, to be honest. It uh, it was up and down, of course, uh, as always. And at one point, actually a good ways into the season, I kind of went up quite a bit and then really uh, hit a rough patch kind of around the all-star game and that's frequently the case for a lot of sports uh, NBA and MLB just pre-all-star game and post-all-star game is a tough time so I kind of went down a little bit actually dipped into the negative even at one point in the season and then I just uh, started flying I just really caught fire to the, the last half of the season all the way into the playoffs and uh really um Caught fire and ended up at 58% overall for the season. So that was, uh, I was really happy with that, especially given that down period. So, 58%, 58 uh, percent, uh, about 15 units uh, profit, uh, which is about the same as last year. I think at 58 percent, I should have had higher units, but uh, uh, I was playing a lot of uh, half unit first half because a lot of those first halves were flying over, and then half unit second half. Whereas I probably should have, you know, doubled up on those, and uh, the units would have been higher. But I can't complain. 58 percent on a on a on a on a regular season uh, and playoffs is uh, I was really happy with that result for sure
0: so I didn't really watch a lot of well I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch any WNBA this season however uh you know you always see things on SportsCenter and you know read things on Twitter like you know this is just pretty unbelievable how uh the N- the WNBA finals kind of finished up there so do you feel like you know because of that that highly entertaining series between Washington and Connecticut uh you know you feel like we're going to see more interest in the WNBA going forward. And again, too, with betting and, you know, fantasy and things of that nature.
1: I think so, and I hope so, because I actually watch a lot of games. As you know, that's kind of my betting philosophy is I need to watch a lot of the games. And I was actually, of course, it's more entertaining when you have money on it, but I actually found found a lot of the games really entertaining. Um, early on in the season, that wasn't the case. I think it was just a lot of rust and the office, offenses weren't doing well. But as the season wound on, the games were extremely high-scoring, fast-paced, And uh, this is despite a lot of the uh, stars being out due to injuries and kind of sitting out. So I think that, I mean, Vegas was super exciting. They have a really good fan base. You got teams like Chicago, who is, you know, high scoring, up tempo. They're going to be even better next year. I love them. I bet on them a lot. Um, So, yeah, I I really do think uh, I'm hoping that it's going to gain popularity. It's a really fun sport to bet on and to watch. So, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's true. Again, into in the summertime you know all you got is baseball i know a lot of people don't like laying too much money on uh you know big favorites there with money lines and whatnot so yeah ab- absolutely uh you know most of our listeners out there they'll, they'll bet on anything so sounds sounds pretty damn good <laughs> for the upcoming season so all right let, let's get into the nba finally uh i've been watching a little bit of uh preseason action myself mostly my brooklyn nets uh with that series against the lakers uh last weekend that was uh That was great to see my boys get two wins there. But I guess what I'm interested, you know, from your perspective, is there anything that you could take away from the preseason so far, just in terms of maybe pace of play or uh, anything that you think could help for uh, bets early on this season?
1: I think yeah I think on the preseason you have to really take anything with a grain of salt uh, I mean all the best players are only playing uh 15-20 minutes a game right. you know uh and even if not sitting out so they're playing a lot of D leaguers and uh and uh dual contract guys so you have to take everything with a grain of salt however you can see uh, some trends I mean last year the whole uh point of emphasis Emphasis from the referees was the freedom of movement. So you saw last year, just I mean, uh, scoring has been upticking the last couple of years, but especially last year with the freedom of movement point of emphasis that you saw in the preseason early on the season, just scores were exploding, like super high. So that was one huge takeaway last year that overs were just hitting at a ridiculous clip early on in the season. Of course, unders caught up as the season went on because the total started ballooning. Um, this year. Um, the point of emphasis there's two things that i've noticed when i'm watching um the preseason games number one they're calling a lot of offensive fouls mm. so on screens so that's slowing down the pace of oh, play I can't a little wait bit
0: for that early.
1: oh my god tons of tons of offensive fouls so like a high screen early in the shot clock if if the screener is moving they're calling offensive fouls and it's really been annoying actually to watch so hopefully they'll slow that down and secondly what they're calling a lot are travel so oh. and that's off the dribble so if a player has the ball in the wing and they want to draw If they don't have the right footwork there, they're calling travels a ton. So it's really actually slowing down the pace and making some of the games choppy. The pace is still extremely high. Um, They're just going up and down, up and down a lot. And, And it's been actually really hard to gauge because some games, they will literally just run a fast bait a fast break drill up and down, up and down. And then some games are really choppy because of that point of emphasis. So preseason has been really interesting and it's hard to tell how that's really going to affect it early on in the season. But I do think that uh, unders might be a a little bit more uh, valuable early on in the season because all the, all the uh, totals are going to be based on the crazy scores of last year. And if they're putting a point of emphasis on some of these things, um, you, you might see a few unders early on.
0: Interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Brooklyn on opening night, and if I see nice. too if I see too many of these screens travels called, I will certainly let the zebras know about it. I'll be I'll be 20 rows off the court, so they'll definitely hear me. They can hear me from the deck, so no, no <laughs> nice. problem from 20 rows away. Um, yeah, I, I guess you know we kind of talked about it with the uh, you know with the single game bets early on this season. Uh, anything else that uh, that we should be looking at there, or did, you know did you kind of just cover it all there?
1: No there's definitely a bunch of things you got to look at early on the season number one. I think you have to look you have to go through each team and look at their rosters. you have to look at all the you know sometimes you're just basing it on last year and you know this team you know that team but the reality is that a lot of these teams have really changed so you have to kind of look at the roster, look at the players that have been added, look how they fit together um, and so forth. That's the most important is the quality of the players for sure. Number two, I think you also have to look at the coaching. So there's a bunch of new coaches in the NBA, I think four or five, yeah. potentially six, I think. Um, that's going to affect teams and how they play, their philosophies, their pace of play, and so forth. Um, and then, you know, existing coaches, some of them that have been around a long time, players might be getting sick of them and so forth. They might be on the hot seat early on in the season. So number two, coaching, coaching, um, I'd say number three. I like to look at the uh, at, at the at at the changes of the rosters. So the teams that have really changed, but also teams that have a lot of continuity and chemistry. I think that's really important early on in the season. So teams that have been together for like four or five years now, and they're you know they know each other really well. They know the system. They have the same coach. Those are teams that I actually really like to back early on in the season versus a team that's really trying to figure things out and have have implemented a lot of changes new coach new roster and those teams might be over overvalued as well so i like the continuity and the last thing i would look at is probably motivation so of course some teams early on are more are more motivated than others you know some of the older teams that made it far into the playoffs who might not necessarily be looking for a number one seed some of those teams might be a little bit less motivated versus some of the teams that are young up and coming have a little bit less talent but they have a chip on their shoulders those teams are really fun to back early on the season like for example Boston you know I think they're going to be undervalued early on in the year because they're going to have such a chip on their shoulders due to Kyrie leaving and everyone doubting them and I think Stevens as a coach is going to have a really good comeback year New Orleans is going to be flying early on the season and yeah. a couple of those Lakers guys are going to have huge chips on their shoulders as well Ball Ingram who were just kind of like sent to the gutter from, by the Lakers yeah. So, but uh, in, Nor- in New Orleans leans are going to be excellent fit so those are two teams boston new orleans that i really like early on
0: so again you know we mentioned that that roster turnover probably uh, this is the most crazy offseason i believe we've ever seen in nba history well you know i guess as long as we've been alive but um you know looking at some of these teams here uh Are there any teams that you feel like are going to be able to mesh well, you know, despite having a new coach or a new roster early on, like, like a lot of this turnover really won't affect them?
1: So I do. Uh, So far in watching preseason, I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I thought the Lakers were going to be overvalued, Mm -hmm. given all the changes in LeBron, potentially not being as motivated and not caring about the regular season. Honestly, they've been extremely engaged this uh, preseason. I've been really surprised by them. Yes, they've been playing the absolute terrible D-leaguers on Golden State (laughs) a few times. Oh, that was a brutal
0: watch last night
1: it was disgusting they're so bad uh, golden state anyway and but the lakers are surprisingly really into it like i mean the guys are jumping up on the bench they're they they look energized Um, They're deeper. Like, you can just totally tell the second unit for the Lakers versus that crappy second unit for Golden State. They were blowing them out. Uh, So I'm actually really pleasantly surprised by the Lakers. And you know what? They're playing defense. Vogel is a defensive coach, and he has literally come out and said, I have him quoted as saying, we are going to be a defensive-minded team. And he is. He's a defensive coach. So the teams aren't scoring on them. Like, they're scoring under 100, yet the Lakers are finding, you know, buckets because of their talent and they're so big so I've really been impressed by the Lakers so yeah I definitely might look to back them early on in the season I think the Clippers as well are going to figure it out you know Kawhi totally gelled right in there with Toronto last year seamlessly so he's a type of player he's so smart he'll find a way and and they have quite a bit of continuity with some of those other players that have been there the last few years and a great coach, so I think they're going to be good as well. Brooklyn, I'm sorry to say, but I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> You're going to oh, hate me you know, for saying this. That's all the
0: time this. we have for today on today's podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just don't – I'm not a fan of Kyrie. I think he's immature, and he always ends up – wherever he goes so far, he maybe he's good for one year or whatever, but then his, his immaturity always kind of shows up a year later or two years in or whatever that's always the case i just don't think a zebra is going to change his change its stripes so unless he finally learns how to be a good leader and a mature person i I just don't think he's going to end up being a good fit there Mm -hmm. i think deandre jordan is kind of i'm not a huge fan of him you know he's kind of on the downside in his career as well so the thing was broken last year is that they had such amazing chemistry. They had such, I really liked their coach and I was not a fan. I mean, of course you can't turn down Kyrie Durant and DeAndre Jordan, but I do think that they might have some potential chemistry issues. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I mean, I think we have to watch and see, you know, it's a lot of speculating early on.
0: Why? Well, I, th- I mean, you know, just to retort here, I think, you know, getting DeAndre Jordan and again, that was just part of the package. And again, like, Getting Kyrie here, that's what brought Durant to Brooklyn. So, you know, you kind of got to take that with how it is. And, you know, I I think you could tell early on, like, Kyrie's finally happy. He's at a place where he wants to be. He was a huge Nets fan growing up. So that definitely works. And, again, bringing Durant in, I don't even – you know, if they would have brought in Lance Stevenson, I wouldn't have cared. As long as they brought Durant in – but the one the one thing I love about DeAndre Jordan, I think he's just gonna toughen up Jared Allen. Uh, we saw it big time in that in that playoff series against the Sixers. Man, they just got dominated down low, True. and that's that's been the big issue for them. So again, putting DJ there on the second unit, I mean that's fine. Like I'll, I'll take that. He's uh, he's much better. Ed Davis and uh, you yeah, know, again the Brooklyn just needed to toughen up. They were they're always been such a great three point shooting fast break team. But, you know, having having those massive rebound issues is really what hurt them in the past. Now, you know, we're probably going to see them in the playoffs, probably going to see Philadelphia at some point. So you just got to bring some bodies in there to toughen these guys up. And I'm all about that. Got it. Got to do it the Brooklyn way, baby. Got to do it. Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we we talked a little bit about it earlier uh, with some of these teams, uh, you know, since we got a wide open nature to the league where. We really don't know who's going to win the NBA title, which has been uh, a different sort of feeling going into years past where it's always been, all right, well, it's Golden State, and who's really going to challenge them? Uh, we don't have that this year. Uh, we've got, got a lot more teams, you know, trying to climb up that hill for the, for the crown. So I know that you mentioned a couple teams. Let me ask you something. What do you think about Houston? Do you think they're a team that would go hard after the one seed, or is that a team that might just say, eh, you know, we've gone after the one seed in years previous, and it hasn't worked out. Let's let's try to get there a little healthier this year.
1: It's a good question um, about Houston. I think uh, I think Houston is going to be really good, and um, I actually think they're my pick if I were to pick one team. Hmm. I, they're my pick to win the NBA championship. Oh, all right. So all right. it's funny that you asked me about them um, yeah. because they have and. They've they've been there. They've done that. As you said, they made it to game seven of the conference finals against Golden State, and they were up by 20. And that was with essentially the exact same roster that they have now, yet a replay replacing Chris Paul with Russell Westbrook. So that is, I think. I think that's a huge increase right there. I, I don't, Chris Paul, first of all, he's not. I don't think his teammates necessarily liked him, especially last year. You can tell, I do think he was bad with, with respect to team chemistry. And that really showed last year, two years ago, they were way better last year. You could just tell they were a little bit off all year. And I do think a big part of that was because of Chris Paul and in the playoffs, Chris Paul kind of, you know, I I wouldn't say he chokes, but he's not as good as he normally is. So Russell Westbrook, and, and Harden, I think they're going to be unstoppable. I do have a little bit of concerns about Russell Westbrook in terms of how much he jacks and how much he shoots and, and his low percentage shots. But oh, they're well They're well Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But he just fills the stats. And him and Harden is in the peak of his career. He's unstoppable. In the playoffs, he's unstoppable. So I think – and they just have – all the pieces. They have all the right pieces. They have the right coach for that team. And uh, that is my pick for the NBA championship. But I'll caveat that. I'll caveat that by saying six to eight teams could probably win the championship this year. So um, it's not obvious for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, what's interesting too. So, you know, even when they brought Chris Paul to Houston at first, uh, Mike D'Antoni had mentioned, Hey, you know, I definitely want to stagger these guys minutes. So that's that's great to have a Hall of Fame point guard on the floor pretty much at all times for your team. So you know, I think that's what that's going to be the thing that works for Houston is having you know James Harden and Russell Westbrook at least on the floor at one point throughout the entire game. And you know, you, you could I, I, not even an argument. You could just say like no other team in the league has that. You know that where they nope. could say like we're going to have a Hall of Fame point guard on the on the floor at all times. So definitely love that Houston pick. Um, yeah. so let's see, like, we'll, we'll get back to that in a sec, but let's talk about some of these, I guess, teams that we're not necessarily looking at as, as title contenders, but, you know, I believe Sacramento was a team that you said you really liked heading into this season. Um, want to know, is your stance still high on them? If not, is there any, are there any, um, are these sort of like middling teams that you're higher on or, uh, also
1: lower on as well? So yeah, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same so far on Sacramento. I think with the, I thought thought it was going to be more of a seamless transition it doesn't look to be the case i think they going overseas uh, always hurts a team in the preseason so they did look a little bit sluggish at times and not as high flying as i thought they would be but it's preseason so it's hard to yeah. tell um i do think they're going to be good they have a lot of pieces i don't think they're going to kind of make uh, after watching them in preseason and looking at some of these other teams that i think are ahead of them um i don't think they're going to make that next jump i, I think Well, they're going to make the next jump, I think, to the playoffs. I think they are going to be a playoff team this year, but they'll be a really low seed and probably get swept out of the first round type thing. But they're going to be an exciting team to watch for sure. Um, uh, One of the middle teams uh, that I'm really high on right now is New Orleans. I love them right now. They are one of the most exciting teams I've seen in a long time so they've kind of uh, they've overtaken Sacramento for me like New Orleans is the new Sacramento okay, for me right. I really really think they are deep they're talented they're young they're hungry they have a chip on their shoulder they have the right coach for that type of team who just wants them to go up and down and play like Zion is the real thing I think he's averaging uh, 24 25 a game he's just a beast and he's in the right system because it's just over and up and down so his athleticism it fits perfectly with that system there's a couple guys on that team who i think are potential superstars not not superstars potentially but really really good players like someone you've never heard of is probably frank jackson he's going to be so good someone like nickel alexander walker he is going to be really good and then you got the lakers guys yeah. who are coming in with like a huge ship on their shoulder as i already mentioned so yeah. i think i love new orleans um
0: and you know that's just, another one. And, and you were saying i mean just to reiterate like such a deep team you know like i think a lot of oh people forget jj reddick is on that team yeah, uh, you know, that's another guy uh, Josh Hart coming over from the Lakers. As you mentioned, that's that's another valuable piece. It's like wh- where the hell where are you going to find minutes for all these guys? I mean, that that is just such a deep team,
1: but they will because that's their style of play. They're going to send those guys in waves because all they're going to do is run the entire game. So they are four or five and oh, I can't remember which one, uh, to the over in preseason already. And every single game has gone over by 20 or 30 points. They're just going up and down the court. All game long and they have the athletes for that and they have a deep team in the fourth quarter they're blowing teams out because by the fourth quarter they're playing their lesser guys but they're still so good like it's frank jackson and he's they're blowing people up i think they outscored chicago one the fourth quarter like 41 to 12 or something ridiculous like it, they're, uh, if they keep this up, they're going to be a really good team. I, I mean, they're going to hit the wall at some point. They're so young. So when they play some of these veteran teams, I think they're going to have a tough time. But I mean, if they, uh, uh, I, I think they're going to be a really fun, exciting team to watch. And they're like selling out arenas like crazy already. Yeah. Apparently, they're visiting arenas. So there, there's, there is a lot of hype around them. But I do actually think they're going to live up to it.
0: See, you know, I had to go on FanDuel Sportsbook and check out, you know, what the odds were. So the odds right now for the Pelicans to, you know, because I was looking for a favorable season-long bet here. So, again, it was just to make the playoffs or not. Plus 330 for them. Yes, they will make the playoffs. Minus 410 for them. No, they will not make the playoffs. So... I have have a feeling I'm going to be uh, doing a a season-long bet very soon, very soon. Yeah,
1: I I do like that. I think if they were in the East, that's a 100% no-brainer. I think it's a little bit harder in the West, but I would actually choose them over Sacramento if it came down to it. I I think they'll sneak into the playoffs over Sacramento for sure. Um, Yeah, I I, I think they could sneak in. Like I said, I think later on in the season when fatigue sets in and the grind sets in, I think they're probably going to – hit the wall a little bit and lose some games but i think they're going to come flying out of the gates.
0: I hear you, I hear. You. Hey, it happens to teams every season. Uh all right, yep. so i know that we talked a little bit about it. I know that your your favorite bet on this one was Houston, but uh you know, the last question that i had for you was just looking at the NBA title odds. Uh Clippers, and again, this is all according to FanDuel Sportsbook, but they are plus 330 as the top team to win the NBA Finals this year. That's followed by the Lakers at plus 440. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks and the Sixers are the top two teams in the East. You got Milwaukee at plus 600. Philly at plus 750. Um, granted, that Rockets bet is looking very tasty right now at plus 850. Uh, any any other sleepers in here that you think could make a huge jump? Last year, I, I ended up taking Milwaukee at plus 10,000. Uh, 10,
1: Oh right. wow. Well.
0: Yes, but I was able to cash out uh after game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals and I got myself a nice little profit there. Uh any any I don't know about that range of plus 10,000, but maybe somebody a little lower that could do this.
1: Yeah, I, I like I said Houston would be my number 1. I I think they're going to win it. Um uh, I think another team that I would take uh out of the East, I would take um I would take Philly over Milwaukee. I think they've looked really good this preseason. They are going to be an elite, elite defensive team. They're long and uh, they play defense and, and they have the will to do it and they have the talent to play defense and they are shutting teams down. But yet they can score a ton as well. So they're just uh, really doing well this preseason. I think if Embiid stays healthy, they have a really good chance to come out of the East. I think a lot of people forget that they were a buzzer beating shot away potentially from winning clink
0: clink down exactly
1: so that's how close they were and actually i don't think the finals was as close as a lot of people think i think the raptors really kind of handedly handedly beat them so i think philly was almost was close to winning the championship last year um I, I, I think in the playoffs, I, I think some of the issues that Milwaukee has are going to be exposed again. I, I don't think, I don't think they got better. Yeah. So I, I don't see them coming out of the East. I would definitely choose Philly out of the East for sure. And then out of the West, um, Definitely Houston. And then after watching preseason, I, I, I'm, I'm high on the Lakers right now. I'm higher on the Lakers right now than I am on the Clippers, just because the Clippers, um, they, they don't have Paul George. I'm not exactly sure when he's coming back, but that's going to take him a while to kind of get in there. They, do, they are going to be very, very good as well, but I don't think there's a ton of value there. Maybe throw a little bit on the Clippers as well. Uh, but the uh, Clippers and Lakers, of course, I don't think there are any really high odd teams. Like it, it rarely happens in the NBA where you're going to have a major upset. It's yeah. usually the most talented favored team. So I, I should caveat all this by saying that I'm not a huge fan of, of futures just for that reason. Number one, it's just, it this year is really wide open. So I do think, you know, the tops there are top six teams that could potentially win it so you're kind of grasping at straws there and number two i don't like futures a ton because you're you're it's it's a long time to be for your money to be sitting somewhere unless you're doing it on credit (laughs) with a with a local like i don't like to invest my money and let it sit for eight months like i'm a kind of day-to-day person in this business so it's a long time unless you're betting a lot of money on a future then that's potentially a good investment but even then it's high risk and a lot of money so not a huge fan of futures myself but uh, they're fun so you can follow the team all year long and uh, that's fun to do as as well Um, but I'm trying to think of another team Uh, there was another one that I thought was really good Uh, Denver I do think they're going to make a huge jump this year I think they're going to go for the number one seed they look like they're on a mission even in the preseason and they've been together now for a few years they made it last year to game seven they got that kind of experience they are they have everything they have a superstar in jokic they have the home court advantage for sure um so i think actually uh denver and houston are my top two out of the west
0: all right all right i'm loving it Ah, NBA season is almost here folks. Uh, Once again our guest today was Derek from Hoops Insider. Uh, Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Very good follow there. At 1NBA Insider. And that's Insider without the E. So that'll be I-N-S-I-D-R. Once again at 1NBA Insider. Alright so. Last but not least, uh, can you just break down what you'll be doing for the Sports Predictor customers this NBA season and, you know, when they can expect material from you during the week?
1: Yeah. So that's going to start up really soon. So I'll be posting uh, my yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're a few days away. I'm really excited. I will uh, do be doing all the research the night before watching all the games and everything. And then when the lines come out, uh, you know, have a look at those and then I will be posting my plays, uh, you know, anytime between, you know, uh, 10, 11 a.m. Eastern and kind of mid afternoon is when I like to lock in. Yeah. Um, so. I don't have a set time for my plays so I do have a little bit of a range just because it depends on information and line movement and a bunch of different factors so I'll be posting my plays with uh, Sports Predictor as they come Uh, usually you know one to four plays a day depending on what's out there some heavy really heavy days I'll have three or four plays and uh, yeah looking forward to another profitable season I have two two in a row uh, around 50 units a year uh, the last two years posted on twitter and uh looking to hopefully repeat that again this year
0: all right sounds good once again derek from hoops insider on twitter at one nba insider make sure you follow us as well at uh on sports predictor at twitter at predictor hq as always too you get all that great information uh from from derek and all of our long-term professional winning bettors uh SportsPredictor.com. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. We'll be back with more episodes this week, getting ready for NBA season. We'll see you next time.